0: God's mighty and then I talked to her about you know how Christianity is very much rooted in in our Hebraic roots so as believers we should be able to explain that kind of thing to unbelievers and believers alike because it is absolutely integral to who we are as Christians we didn't just we didn't just get saved and come into relationship with Jesus Jesus didn't just appear out of anywhere Jesus came through a line and our covenant is very much rooted in the Jewish tradition. Jesus is a Jew. He's a Jew. So uh, so it's very important that we understand our history and we understand where we are going as well, direction of travel. And that isn't just about eternity. That is about kingdom of God coming on the earth now. We're not sitting here waiting to be beamed out. We are here to rule and reign in the earth. And our relationship to Israel and our being grafted in as part of the one new man is absolutely crucial in that because the body of Christ for too long has only enjoyed sort of almost part of the truth part of the fullness that God wants us to enjoy we can only enjoy the entirety by understanding that we are part of the one new man we're part of the fruitful olive tree that Paul talks about and that way grafted into the root we get, come on, fruit. Yes, thank you, dear. At least you're with it. Okay, it's not coming up on the screen. Has anybody uh, got control of that? (laughs) Ah, here we go. So just a uh, a few pointers on the year. So we are in the year... The Hebraic year of 5778, and that is the year of Ayinchet. Does everybody say it? Ayin Chet. Okay. Ayin is the Hebrew word for eye, and it means also the number seventy. So, in the Hebrew alphabet, every letter um, has a picture. So, the picture of the ayin is like the shape of an eye. But it also in the Hebrew has a is a number too, so you have a richness with the language because clearly the letter "A" does not have a number, does it? No, but the Hebrew alphabet all the way through the Hebrew alphabet, we have a picture and it, and it has a word and it means something, and it also is a number, and it 's also a letter, so it might be that iron is the beginning of you know several different words, and it is the beginning of seven different words, for instance angel. The ayin, uh, ayin is the first letter for the word angel in Hebrew. Okay, so that's just a little bit about the alphabet. So we are in 5778. 70 being ayin, het is the number 8. 8 is the number of new beginnings. So this is a key year of new beginnings. Now, I've done a whole teaching for an hour just on 5778, and I haven't got, we haven't got the opportunity this afternoon to do that. But these are some of the key areas that are important about this year. So it's a year of crossing over and going through the gates because the chet looks like this. It's like a gate. It's the two letters in the Hebrew alphabet. It's the zayin, which is the other side of it, and the vav. And the two of them together make the letter chet. Is everybody still with me? Yeah. So... It actually means gate, it looks like a gate and this year we're going through the gates but clear. there are some clear gates in this year. There's the grace gate, the covenant gate, the worship gate, the warfare gate and there is that sense that we're going to partner with the angelic in a fresh way. Who's, who's even experienced that already in this year? We're six, we are eight months aren't we into the year? So that is really, really key. And also, it's the year of new beginnings. As I said, chet is the, is the number eight, and eight is all about new beginnings. Jesus was what on the eighth day? No, yeah, he, he, no, actually, he was circumcised on the eighth day, but he also was raised from the dead. He was raised from the dead on the third day, but it was also the first day of the week, which was the first day, which is the eighth day. <laughs> so it's a year of resurrection, life this year so first fruits why do we do first fruits these are some um these are some aspects that i use to help the body with why we do first fruits it isn't just a good idea it's god's idea because god actually has created time He's created time in a chronological sense, yeah? So we're all going through life, chronos. That's that time, start, end. But also, kairos, isn't it? So, kairos is the time, those are those specific times, those times that cross intersect with chronos time. So, Jesus' death and resurrection was a kairos moment in the chronos. Everybody with me, okay? So, in the year. There are, uh, there is the monthly cycle, there is the weekly cycle, and there is the obviously the yearly cycle. Let's start with the weekly cycle. Every week, God God encourages us to celebrate Shabbat. What's Shabbat? What is it? Come on, shout out! It's a day of rest. Yeah, and in Isaiah, the Lord promises us that if we take that time, that rest time, that pit stop in life with him, whatever we might do in that period of time, but we dedicate that time to him, he will come and cause us to ride on the heights with him. He will refresh us. He will restore us. We have got to dock in with him once a week. No, we dock in with him every day. But the Shabbat is a special time that he wants to release his blessing and his favor and his rest upon us. Why does the world get so tired and so worn out? Because it's 24-7 non-stop. We weren't designed to live 24-7 non-stop. We were designed by God to have that seven-day cycle where we'd work, where we'd have that time of rest, where we'd have that time of refreshing with him. And that's why Shabbat is really, really important. But then on top of that, he gives us the monthly cycle. The word month comes from the word moon. And in the Jewish tradition and in some other traditions as well, the way that time is measured is by that cycle of the moon. And so God uses that cycle, that monthly cycle, for us to start afresh again. And each month, it's not that God doesn't want to release blessing or favor in every month, but in each month, God wants us to have kairos moments. He doesn't want us to live in the drudgery. It's the same with the weekly. He doesn't want us just to go day to day to day to day to day. He says, I want you to stop on the Shabbat. Because I want to release something special to you. I want to release my anointing to you in a different way. I want to release my grace to you in a different way. I want you to experience me and encounter me in a different way. I want you to have a break in that pattern of Chronos, so that I can meet with you in a special way. That is why God has created time in cycles. So there's the monthly cycle and then there's the yearly cycle. And in the yearly cycle we have three really key feasts and celebration, appointed times, we call we call them appointed times, the weekly, the monthly, the yearly. And in that yearly cycle, we have three really key appointed times. They are not by mistake. They were divinely designed, divinely designed for us, divinely designed from the creation of the world. He knew that he was going to have to send Jesus to die for us. He knew that man would choose to walk his own way. He knew all those things before the foundation of the world. And so he designed time so there would be those moments where he can encounter us. But if we look back over history, those three key times are Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. And for our Jewish brothers and sisters... They celebrate Passover as a time of their deliverance from captivity, their deliverance from sin, their deliverance from Pharaoh, their deliverance from Egypt. That is a miraculous deliverance. But you know what? It foreshadows the ultimate deliverer coming. It points to the ultimate deliverer coming. But everything that they celebrate about deliverance from captivity and God's miraculous power and getting them out. And you must have seen that video with the Red Sea splitting. you know, What's the song go? Uh... I don't know. This is how I found my yeah, this is how I find my battles where the sea parts and they go through and then the Egyptians go to follow and the sea comes back in. You know, I mean somebody said didn't they, Oh yeah, but the Red Sea wasn't deep enough anyway and it was easy to get across. Well that was amazing then that if all those Egyptians drowned in ankle deep water. That's just as amazing as them being drowned in loads of water. So the Jews celebrate Passover, don't they? And, um, you know, even on the doorpost, they put the blood in a, a cross. They, the blood was daubed on either side of the doorpost. And even in their meal, they, they, the lamb is slain. And um, there are parts of the Passover meal which point to the resurrection. And yet they still have a veil and they can't see Messiah. They can't see Yeshua having already gone through. So they then go into the wilderness, don't they? And they have that period of time. And the, 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 the slide coming up will show that they have 50 days between um, Passover and what they call Shavuot. Is that how to pronounce it? Shavuot, yeah, which is Pentecost. And we call those 50 days between the Omer. And we call it counting the Omer. And we see the Jews go through a period. And I'm going to move it onto that slide. So that, that's, that's the Pentecost time. But the interesting thing there is that God gives his people at Pentecost... The Torah. He gives them the word. He gives them his law. He gives them his commandments. He gives them of his very self. You know, the, there's a word is rich, isn't it? There's so many places in scripture where it says, um, Keep the word before me and you will be successful. Meditate on the law of the Lord and I will give you prosperity. I will give you favor. Why are the Jewish nations so prosperous and so successful? A tiny group of people. Because they've taken that Torah they've taken that word they've meditated on that word they've made it very much part of their their being and they are prosperous and successful and it's incredible to see that testimony that out of a tiny group people group the percentage of people that have won the Nobel peace prize people that are you know top business businessmen and women so there's prosperity and favor on on us as if we can just tap into that that root So that's Pentecost. Pentecost is also, obviously for us, it's the coming of the Holy Spirit. But you know, those disciples would have been sat together in that upper room and they would have been reading the Scriptures because that's what they did at Pentecost. They used to stay up all night reading the Scriptures, reading the Word, meditating on, on, on the Word of God. And into that context, bam! God breathes His Spirit. Because Pentecost is the fulfillment of Shavuot. The Torah, the law, and the spirit. The two together. Not one or the other, but both. And then tabernacles. You know, tabernacles is an amazing, amazing feast. And that's where they celebrated and they tabernacled God's presence with them. The Ark of the Covenant. You know, I was looking at that picture before and I was thinking, you know, some people would say, why have we got a picture of the Ark of the Covenant in our building? You know, it's a bit, it is a bit Jewish. But actually, it is. But it's, it's symbolic of carrying the presence of God. But do you know what the remarkable thing is? It ain't in there anymore. Amen. It's in here. It's not something that we look at. We carry the very presence of God because he lives within us. We're his tabernacle. Amen. Every single one of us is his tabernacle, and he tabernacles with his people. But the amazing thing is, is that just as they celebrated the presence of God amongst them and they built those tabernacles as a representation of that, and they met with God in that special way, he tabernacled with them. What does John say? He says, and the word became flesh. And the Greek word says, tabernacle. He tabernacled with his people. So even tabernacles, god that's why I go back to, God designed the time so precisely. Passover, Jesus' death, deliverance from Egypt. Pentecost, law, Torah, miraculous happenings power of the Holy Spirit, tabernacles, God's presence with his people, the Ark of the Covenant... Jesus tabernacling with his people. So why is that only important? Because God wants us to have a special encounter every time we have. He wants us to encounter him special on Shabbat. He wants us to encounter him special every month. He wants us to encounter him in a very special way at those three times. You know, there's no other commandments in the Bible where God says, I'm throwing the party. He didn't say that in the Hebrew. He didn't say, I'm throwing the party. Don't anybody go and say, well, that preacher said, the Bible says I'm throwing the party. The sense of it is... God says, I want you to gather on those three times a year, because when you do, I'm going to invade your midst. Now, he's always going to invade our midst if, we, if we're open, but this is a special time where he's going to invade our midst. Amen? Right. I think I've done most of it without the slides. <laughs> so we'll just move it on. We talked about that. Um, Sivan. It's the third month of the calendar. It's mentioned in Esther 8. Oh, it's the third month. Good point. So it's actually the third month in the biblical calendar. So in God's economy, the first month starts at Nisan. Why? Because that is the month where they really become his people and they deliver him. They deliver him. He delivers them from Egypt and gets them out. So at that point, They really become his covenant people. That's the month where he is establishing that covenant with them. And they come out. So it's the third month. In the civil year, it's the ninth. No, tenth month, is it? Ninth month. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Can't count. Math's never very good. Uh, It's the ninth month. And that is because in the civil year, which starts in uh, September, October time, it's the month of Tishri is the month that we celebrate Rosh Hashanah, which is the beginning of the next Hebraic year. So that will be 57.79. So how come two new years? Well, the civil one is all about when the Jews believe that creation took place. So that is the time of the year where... And you can go back and read some of the Old Testament, and you'll see some of the months actually referred to. You know, Noah, um, the ark comes to rest in, I think it's Tevet um there are different months where you'll see different significant events now that you know about the months when you read the old testament those months will suddenly jump out and you go oh yeah oh that's that month that will have been this month then because we've read that historically and thought all right month of tevet that doesn't mean anything to me but now you understand them when the months are that there's more significance okay So the tribe of Zebulun are the tribe that are connected with uh, this month. And I'll talk about the tribe of Zebulun in a minute. Shavuot is a two-day holiday. It begins at sundown on the 5th of Sivan, which is today, yep. And lasting until nightfall on the 7th of Sivan. Isn't it interesting, even in God's timing of the royal wedding in the UK today, you know, of uh, Harry and Meghan, what's that? Oh, I don't know why. That's probably just I hadn't d- deleted that. It's Sivan, though, isn't it? Forget the English bit that's on the end. Um, you've distracted me now. Sorry. So, isn't it amazing how Meghan and um, Harry got—I yeah, can't remember his name now, uh, got married today? You know, Julie Meyer and various ones in the states had really believed that God has got His hand on them, and you know, He's had dreams, and there's lots of people praying for the royal family. All the time, but the, apparently the service was i didn 't watch it all, but it was really powerful and the uh, the minister was really powerful as well, and um, it was a really good word, which I think you know when you think about the fact it 's Pentecost today it 's like God is releasing something across our nation, yes, they stand in a different place royally and everything else, but God wants he wants that blessing on the nation and um I don't think it's a coincidence that it... It's the FA Cup final as well. But um, Paul Williams got to race across, I think, has a need to do that. <laughs> so it's a holiday, uh, and it has the orthodox call it their distinction, which is because they have a, a day where they, uh, they have a separation. I don't know why this is not moving. <laughs> Okay, it will move now there's just some scriptures there that um, from Exodus, so if you want to go back and just read through exodus i don't think you need to read through it now. It just tells you about the the giving of the Torah, and i 've talked about that quite a bit on the third day of the month, the Lord instructed Moses to set a boundary for the people around the mountain in preparation for the coming revelation to be given three days later. The whole sense of the three days. These three days are called the three days of separation. So there was a sense that the people were gathered, separating themselves before they received that revelation from heaven. So there was a, a time of preparation for them. And then in the Talmud, um, which is one of the Jewish books, it talks about, they, they say, blessed be the Lord who has given us a threefold Torah, the Torah, of the prophets, the writings, to a threefold nations, which are uh, some of the groups Kohenim, Levites, and Israelites, through one who was third, Moses. Moses was the third child. The third, the significance of the third month and the third day is really important. So what do we think about the third day? How many things can you think about just whilst I'm moving to it? Obviously, we've got the separation before receiving the Torah. Seeing. Abraham saw the place afar of off. This was interesting because Abraham saw the um, where he saw the place where Abraham, where Isaac. Sorry, I was going to say where Isaac was going to be sacrificed, um, and that again, if you look the scripture there, it talks about the third day. Then there's healing on the third day. There's examples of healing. These are just scriptures you can take away to have a look at. 2 Kings 20 verse 5 and Hosea 6 verse 2. It says, and on the third day, he will heal you. You know the passage in Hosea, no? Yeah, Gwen's nodding her head. Look it up anyway. It tells you about, it's, it's, it's associated. The third day is associated with healing. And then you have the sense as well in the wedding of Cana on the third day. Um, So there's that whole sense of the bridegroom, the new wine, the first miracle um, where Jesus reveals his glory. Again, it's the third day. It was the third day that he did that sign in Cana of Galilee. It's it's just a symbolic piece of revelation. And obviously the resurrection happens on the third day. Every single one of the Gospels talks about that. And I'd like to say that from that, when we look at what we're celebrating at Pentecost, we're talking about a third-day church arising. A church arising, when we know from uh, the first-day church, we have from Pentecost to St. Patrick, you know, in terms of the history of the church. Then we have the second-day church, where Constantine to Luther, there's a real dark time in the earth. And then the third-day church begins to emerge Well, we have the Reformation to the Apostolic Reformation. And obviously, we've now moved into 2018. But that Apostolic Reformation, the reason that we've got 2017, is because it was 500 years, 500 years from Luther to last October. And so now we are in the full measure. God wants us to move forward in the full measure of that Apostolic uh, Reformation. In 500 years, God's restored everything back to the body of Christ everything. You think about it. Think about it just for a minute. Think about it. The fullness of the church was manifest when Jesus sent the Spirit at Pentecost in that, that small geographic area. It was a small geographic area, wasn't it? But now the fullness of the church and the gifts, the five-fold ministry, is now manifest across the body of Christ worldwide. Worldwide. So we have a church that is emerging and moving forward and in addition to that has really got that whole that movement of the one new man moving uh, forward. So every time we celebrate Shaviot until he comes we receive a fresh impartation to advance kingdom in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We're going to pray. I'm just going to move it to the last slide, um, and then we're going to pray. The tribe of Zebulun were positioned with Issachar and uh, also with Judah. They were the tribe that associated with this month. They were the skillful ones in business. And this is important for us even as we sow this month. This is a month where, as we sow, God wants to release favor and blessing on our seed. Um, I just want to get to the last slide cuz that's what I want to pray for. So, do you want to all stand? Whilst we're getting This is the month of promise. Preparing and reaffirming covenant. We talked about the covenant gate. The Lord spoke about covenant this afternoon, about those relationships across the body of Christ. This is the month, but it's also the year. So there's a double portion in this month. Even, you know, as we've gone through the mission in Burton-on-Trent, that restoring of covenant relationships, this is a month where God wants to release power and the fresh impartation of his spirit. It's a month where he wants the priesthood to arise he wants us to take some some structures down in this month he wants us to release his power in this month you know the muslims pray and fast in this month you know this is a month where we should be praying for god to encounter them in a fresh way in the power of his holy spirit that they might experience the fullness of everything that God wants to release to them. You know, they recognize Jesus as a prophet, but they don't have that personal relationship with him. They go through ritualistic prayers that they have to recite, but they don't know a living, personal relationship with the Lord Jesus. This is a month where we should be praying for our Muslim friends and neighbors as they pray that they would experience Yeshua, that they'd experience Jesus. Amen? And this is a month where he wants us to possess. He wants us to walk in success and favor. He wants us to move in a place of persisting over our territory. And I SWAT are doing some stuff territorial. This is the month to do it. And then prophetically, he wants us to see at every level and in every sphere. So, Lord, right now, I just thank you. I just thank you that this is a special time that you've designed for us to celebrate but you've also designed to, to, for us to move with greater momentum in the power of your Holy Spirit. And so, Lord, we say we, re- we reach out our hands today and we ask that you would pour out your Spirit afresh on us today. And Lord, we thank you that as we sow and as we give today, Lord, you want to release the richness to us lord thank you that your word says that give and it shall be given unto you pressed down and running over lord thank you that you are the god of more than enough you're super abundant lord and we want to ask that that abundance be released to us to our families that we might be those that steward your goodness and your fruitfulness and your finance lord to advance kingdom to advance righteousness to advance justice and peace in the holy spirit lord we thank you for your goodness to us and your faithfulness, in Jesus' name. So, are you can say something about. Oh, okay, I was going to. Okay.
1: Um, I felt the Lord wanted to release a, a word over us for first fruit, and this is what I was hearing earlier on when I was praying. Um, that this, the Lord, we we cry out for the fire at Pentecost, don't we? We've already sung about the fire, and uh, I felt the Lord say that this is going to be a month where the fresh fire in our lives will bring a fresh fear of the Lord. Uh, And the Lord says, you've asked me for the fire, but I'm going to send more than the fire. This month, you're going to know a fresh uh, interaction with the angelic. If you're ready for it, you're ready to receive it. And the Lord says, the angels aren't there just to be observed, but to bring an enabling and equipping and an encircling of all that is holy. All that you've separated unto me in your life. The Lord says, I'm going to begin to encircle that with my angelic. And the Lord says, you've called me to surround you. I will surround all that is holy and set apart in your life that you have made special to me. And the Lord says, this Sivan is not like... The last month, neither will it be like the next month. This Sivan, there will be fresh fire for forgiveness, fresh fire for mercy, fresh fire for grace. And the fire that I bring is not a stagnant fire, but the Lord says, just as a, a fire in the natural uh, consumes everything in its wake, the Lord says, I am going to cause this fire to propel you into a new place. So let the fire consume all the unforgiveness. Let this fire repair all the breaches and let this fire heal all the wounds. So so Father, we receive your fire afresh, even as we give into this first fruit offering. Lord, we don't do this just because it's first fruits. Every time we bring an offering to you, Lord, we do it by faith. And I believe, Lord, when you speak into us I believe your word. You say, Lord, man shall not live by bread alone, but every preceding word. So if the Lord says this Sivan isn't like last Sivan, it's not like last month and it's not going to be like next month. I want to step right into what he's releasing. When he says fresh fire for forgiveness, I want it. Fresh fire for grace, I want it. Fresh fire for healing, I want it. And so Lord, we receive your word even as we give today in the name of Yeshua.
0: Amen. Amen. So I'm just going to just I know I, I skipped over this slide I left it up there but one of the key things about the first of the month is that this is the time where we set the direction for the month Jenny's just prophesied over the month this is the point where we give God our first we give him our first of our time we give him the first of our finances we give him, we give him the first of everything that's what we're supposed to do because if we give him the first guess what guess what everything else he's going to be covering Amen. So if you want to, if you want to, uh, pay or do it by the, sorry, pay, if you want to give by, uh, the gift aid, yeah, then you need to get an envelope and you just need to, Carol's got them and she's giving them out. So if you just put, raise your hand and then you can fill in the envelope, put your money in there or your check or, and there's also the card machine at the back if you want to do that as well. But that just means that we can get some money back off the, government so lord i thank you that as we give this morning this afternoon even it's not morning (laughs) feels like morning as we give lord we thank you that you are uh, more than enough and you're our provision lord we thank you that you're going to multiply what we give this morning i thank you for that abundance that super abundance and lord over our month we just declare and we decree favor and prosperity favor and prosperity In the name of Jesus. Every need met and more. El Shaddai.